each choice we make moves us toward fear or love. On my Life and Laughter podcast, we'll talk about those choices and learn how to attract more love and connection and laughter. This is Perry Kinder. Let's get started. Hey, Life and Laughter listeners. This is Perry Kinder back with a solo episode of my Life and Laughter podcast. So thank you for tuning back in and hopefully you get some great advice to live a better, happier, healthier life today. I don't know if any of you have followed Brianna and Keith Medea's adventures on Instagram. For several years, they have demonstrated how they lived out of their van. It's Bertha, the big orange van, and they wander through the Utah deserts for the main part with their two dogs, Dagwood and Bucket. And they have a huge Instagram following. They just they post the most beautiful pictures of their adventures in the desert with their dogs living out of a van off the grid. Well, off the grid, but still connected to Instagram. So kind of off the grid, not really off the grid, but they're, they're big social media stars. Well, in, in 2018, Brianna informed her followers that her dog Dagwood had been hit by a car and worse than that, they were 300 miles away from a vet when it happened. So they decided to to drive their dog to the nearest vet, of course, because they love their dogs so much as part of who they are. And the dog was given a 10% chance of survival. And Brianna took to her Instagram page and asked her followers to help pay for the cost of recovery, which turned out to be nearly $100,000 because the dog needed extensive surgeries and a lot of therapy and repair. And they raised that. They raised the $100,000 to get their dog back healthy, get their family back in shape, and everything was hunky-dory. Until this past year, when Brianna talked about living a lie so big that it almost drove her to suicide. Her marriage broke up. Her and Keith got divorced. She still lives in Bertha, the big orange van with the two dogs, but her life has taken a very different turn. And here's what happened. She decided that after four years of the lie, it was time to tell the truth of what really happened to their dog. And what really happened was that they were what they call redneck running their dog, which means they were in the car. The dog was outside of the car running alongside the car when I'm not sure if if the driver was drinking or if the dog just went under the tires. There's kind of been a couple of different stories about that, but they ran over their own dog. There was no other driver that hit their dog. It was just them in the wilderness. And she hadn't realized that she was going to lie about this story on her Instagram page until she was at the vet. She was on a, a podcast a few weeks ago talking about how living this lie of telling her followers her dog had been hit by a car when in reality they had done it themselves, turned her life upside down. She became suicidal. She um, just couldn't deal with herself and she felt that she finally had to tell the truth. And I don't know if you've ever had to hold in a lie or keep a secret or do something that holds that untruth in your body that totally affects your life. And that's what had happened to Brianna. I know I had my own experience with with that. I was 14 years old 
I was at Riverview Junior High School, and I was a cheerleader. Go Rebels, which is now not the Rebels anymore. They are the Raptors. So go Raptors. Riverview Junior High, I was a ninth grader, and I was at cheerleading practice. And I was so excited to be a cheerleader. I'd wanted to be a cheerleader for all my life. And I was with a great group of girls, and we were in the gym practicing for one of our performances. And as we were practicing, part of this particular movement, we had to lift our arms overhead. And I lifted my arms overhead, except my left arm didn't lift overhead. My left arm, arm stayed hanging next to my side. And I thought, well, that's bizarre. So I tried it again. I threw my arms up overhead, and again, my left arm did not move. And when you're 14 and your left arm stops working, you tend to freak out, which is what I did. And my fellow cheerleaders freaked out. They took me to the office. I called my mom. My mom drove me to the emergency room at the hospital. And they looked me over. They couldn't find an injury on my shoulder. They couldn't find an injury anywhere, but they thought they'd do some x-rays to see what was happening. So the nurse takes me back into the x-ray room and she puts me in the little place where you change because I had to take off my clothes so they could x-ray my shoulder and my clavicle, whatever doctors do. And there was a sign in the x-ray room that says, if you think you might be pregnant, please tell the x-ray technician. And my mind went into overdrive because not only did I think I was pregnant, I knew, I knew I was pregnant. I had taken a pregnancy test just a few weeks earlier, one of those old EPT tests where you have to wait for the circle to show up in the bottom of the test tube. And I knew it was positive. And I told the technician, I said, hey, I might be pregnant. So they made me wear the, all the extra protection that you wear if you might be pregnant for x-rays. And the next thing I know, my doctor, my pediatrician, was in the room with me. And he said, there's nothing wrong with your arm. This is all in your mind. You have to tell your parents that you're pregnant. And I just fell apart. I just started crying. I told him I didn't know how I could do that. I'd been living with this information in my body for so long. And I had, I'd only told one other person, and she had kept it a secret. And I thought if I had just ignored it, if I just was in denial, that this whole situation would be remedied somehow miraculously. And as life tends to prove, that doesn't usually happen. So my doctor, who is a saint, I love him so much, he says to me, you have to tell your parents, but you don't have to leave the hospital tonight. I'm going to admit you. I'm going to tell your parents we need to do some extra tests, maybe do some blood work but you need to tell your parents before you leave the hospital. I thought, great, what better place to be in the hospital to tell your parents? Because if they kill you or they try to kill you, there are doctors there who can save you. So I had to tell my parents that I was pregnant and miraculously, my arm could move again. All the weight of that lie, all of the deceit and all of the fear and all of, the, all of it in my mind had totally made my body break down. And that's what happens when we hold in a lie. Martha Beck wrote a brilliant book 
called The Way of Integrity, and she talks about how we perpetrate fraud in our own lives through the lies, the lies that we tell. And it's important to know that your lying affects other people, but it's even more important to understand how lying affects you, your body, your mind, your sense of peace. And we all know there are black, gray, and white lies, and the black lies are the really dark, deliberate, deceptive lies. There was a story about Bernice who worked in law enforcement, but she'd confiscate illegal drugs and sell them on the side. And she justified it as everything is easy once you believe your own lies. I thought that was so interesting that we can talk ourselves into anything once we start believing our own lies. I t convinced myself that I was not going to be pregnant. Boom, I'm just going to make that happen. Brianna convinced herself that her dog had been hit by a car when it hadn't. What well, had, but it's not another car, their own car. I love this quote in Martha's book. When we deliberately leave our own truth, we live in a foggy world where nothing we experience feels trustworthy or reliable because we aren't trustworthy or reliable. And when you're an honest person living a lie, it really takes a toll on who you are. So black, black lies, obviously, you want to avoid them at all costs because they are heavy, but not just black lies, white lies. Martha writes, any lie, even an unconscious one, splits us from integrity. My unconscious lie was I was not pregnant. I think we've all told ourselves unconscious lies. We've um, almost defrauded ourselves. We've convinced ourselves that our lie is the truth. Maybe you've told stories so often, the same story over and over, that you actually begin to believe it when none of it's true. And these are things that we know are not true. <laughs> and white lies, you know, we have the best intentions usually with white lies. We don't want to hurt people's feelings. We don't want to feel like we don't belong. If you think of back to maybe when your kids would make you breakfast in bed, if that ever happened, it was usually a bowl of drowned cornflakes and some cold toast. But it was the most delicious meal I'd ever had because I didn't want to tell them this breakfast sucks. Please don't ever do this again because I'm going to throw up if I eat anything like this ever again. So you lie. Yes, this was great. You don't want to make them feel bad. We have a collective agreement in society that when we tell white lies, they don't affect us. So when the cashier says to you, did you find everything you were looking for? And you found maybe one out of 10 things you were looking for, but you said, yes, I found everything I was looking for because A, you don't want to have a conversation with the cashier. B, you don't really, it doesn't really matter. And C, you don't know this person. So why open up to them? So you just tell them a lie. Yeah, everything was fine. Or like if you've been at a restaurant and your food is disgusting, what you've ordered is the wrong thing. It's completely different than what you wanted. The waiter comes by and says, how's your food? And you say, oh, it's just fine. Thank you. So think of all the times you say it's fine. Does that usually mean it's not true? Just something to think about. Could be right, could be wrong. Who knows? And then there are the gray lies. That space between the white and the black lies where you think it's not really a big lie, but it's not really a small lie. And it's kind of your own perception of what that lie is. And Martha describes it as it's a gray lie 
if you could be blackmailed if someone knew the truth. So you're not intentionally trying to lie to somebody, but if somebody found out, you could get in trouble. Maybe it would be embezzling from your company, but you justify it because the company makes millions of dollars and no one's gonna notice a few thousand dollars missing from the account. Could somebody find that out and, be, and blackmail you for that? That's a gray lie. Are you following the golden rule? Do unto others as you would have others do unto you. If somebody else is embezzling from their company, would you consider it a crime? Of course you would. You're not living that lie. You're living your own lie. You've already justified in your mind why this isn't a lie, why this isn't a bad thing to do. You've all heard the adage, what a tangle web we weave when first we practice to deceive. Because we have to remember all the lies and all the stories behind those lies and how all the lies interconnect and then you can't speak freely anymore. We begin to lose emotional connection to people that we've lied to because we have to remember the lies, remember that we lied to them, remember why and when and how. And then we're acting happy because we're afraid of being exposed, but then our bodies get sick. Lying has been linked to heart disease, some cancers, and like Brianna, depression, anxiety, thoughts of suicide, and like me, temporary paralysis in your left arm at cheerleading practice. Martha Beck said she stopped lying completely, like cold turkey, even those little white lies, for a whole year. She had to tell the truth even when it was scary, even when she knew it was going to hurt people's feelings. You think about the people who came forward to talk about past sex abuse, especially when it was against a famous man, and the courage it took for them to, to, to live that out loud, to say that out loud, to get the denial and the self-lies they've been telling themselves all of those years, that this, this was wrong. This was a wrong thing to do. And how the truth is the truth even when it scares you. Martha says she noticed how often she wanted to tell little lies. Can you tell the truth instead? Are you able to express honest opinions, true choices, true desires? If your husband says, where do you want to go for dinner? And you say, oh, I don't care, but you really want to go to that Thai place. I don't care is a lie. Doesn't mean you're going to go to the Thai place, but you can say, you know, I really would like some Thai food tonight instead of saying, oh, wherever you want to go is fine. I don't have a preference. We make these little lies all the time. And if you if you have suppressed deep secrets, you know, trauma, abuse, neglect, fear, really working with a therapist can help you unravel all those tangled webs, all those protections, protections that you've put in place to help you survive the truth because it can be very scary to come forward after all the years and say your truth, speak your truth. Brianna finally told the truth and she said it was like a weight was lifted off of her shoulders. She knew people would be mad and she knew that she'd have to refund people some of their money, but it was so worth it to her to get the lies out of her body. Her life had completely fallen apart because she had chosen and that just that pivotal moment to say my dog had been hit by another car instead of telling the truth of what really happened because there's a lot of shame there 
and lies are disguises for shame. You can't eliminate the shame, it's still there, but your lie kind of makes it prettier, kind of makes it more presentable to the world. And after she told her truth, after Brianna told her truth, she was really surprised by the reaction that she received. There were many people that came forward to her and told her they still would have donated even if she had told the truth, even if she had said what really happened. They were so invested in her dogs and her and her husband that they would have given her the money anyway. And there were some people, of course, who were very angry and wanted their money back, and she happily refunded the money that they requested. But the majority of the people reached out with kindness. And I think you find, as you tell your truths, that most people will react with kindness. Yeah, there will be the idiots and the mean people who are judgmental anyway and probably have their own secrets that they're afraid of exposing. But to see a person stand in their truth, there's something so brave about that. Something so powerful about that. To say, this is true for me. I might hurt the people around me, but I need to get it out in order for me to move forward and to be a better person. You are not your lies, but you become a different person when you're out of your integrity. So maybe practice telling the truth. Practice not telling those white lies. I've heard the truth will set you free. Thank you for listening. And hopefully we can bring a little bit more honesty, a little bit more genuine connection to our lives. We're not perfect. We all make mistakes. Let's start talking about those. Thank you for listening. Have a beautiful day. Do you want more life and laughter? Check out my blog at lnlcoaching.com and find me on Instagram and Facebook at Life and Laughter Coaching. See you again soon.